630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Bouchard winds up, rips it, scores! Evan Bouchard overpowers Jonathan Quick. And the Edmonton Oilers have a 3-1 lead. Six in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. How about it? Back home, Furnace Family Oilers hockey tomorrow against the Colorado Avalanche, who have already won 50 games this season. They've played 70 games. They've won 50 of them. 6.30 for the face-off show, game at 8. Now, the Avalanche are in action tonight, just getting underway against the Winnipeg Jets. Also just facing off are the Wild and the Blues. Early in the second period, no score between the Islanders and the Hurricanes. The Sabres lead the Panthers 3-1. And also in the second period, Boston up 1-0 on Tampa Bay. Jake DeBrusque with his 22nd of the season. At the Masters, Scotty Scheffler in control. Shot 67 today. He's 8-under after two rounds. Charles Swartzel, Sun J.M., Shane Lowry, Hideki Matsuyama, all five back at three under. You have Canadian Corey Connors tied for 10th at one under. And Tiger Woods will play on the weekend. He makes the cut. He's tied for 19th. He's one over. He shot 74 today. The season has started for the Blue Jays, and it couldn't have gone much worse. Uh, the top of the first inning just ended a couple of minutes ago. It is Texas 4, Toronto nothing. And uh, the Blue Jays starter, Jose Barrios, only recorded one out. 34 pitches. He gets one out. He gives up a homer, two walks, three hits, four runs, all of them earned. And that was a very short outing for him. The good news is the Blue Jays have all 27 outs to work with to try to come back. But Texas jumping out of the gate quickly against the Blue Jays. Baseball is underway. Uh, Mike Johnson, former Expos pitcher, runs the 5 tool. Fieldhouse here in Edmonton. He's going to join me a little bit later on to talk some baseball. It's always fun to have him on the show. How are you doing, everybody? It's Friday. The uh, I was going to say it's warm out. I don't know if that's true. The temperature would indicate that it's warm. When you actually go outside, you may not feel quite so warm with the way the wind is picking up. Heard Thomas in the news saying it's going to drop 21 degrees overnight. Well, I really have nothing to say about that. We'll get there eventually. It's almost spring slash summer. I don't. I have a theory. I don't really think there is a spring in northern Alberta. I think it just kind of goes from sort of winter and then there's melting and confusion. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, summer. So hopefully that comes quickly. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. So... I want to talk here a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers. And of course, I'm always happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can also email inside sports at 630ched.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Uh, I got a really interesting well, I, I asked people for help because I didn't know. A lot of times like Stoffer and I, we we just get talking to the point that I think sometimes both of us, I mean, we know we're on the radio, but then we, we sort of plan things we want to talk about, but sometimes we just get yakking. And that's fun. Uh, I, I like doing that. So it was actually, was it Bob and I talking about this? Because Bob had me looking up some stat. And then it was Rob who said that 
we were talking about that if Smith gets a point, he'd have a goalie streak. So I got to thank Sheldon. He sent me a direct message on my Twitter account. Uh, he looked into goaltenders who have had point streaks of, of th- more than two games, or I guess the longest point streak. So apparently back in 1985, Tom Barrasso in March got a point in three straight games. He did it again in 1988 in October. Ed Belfort did it in a one. Rick DiPietro, you know, here's the crazy thing about DiPietro because his injuries kept him out of action, but apparently he got points in three consecutive games that he played in on Boxing Day 2008, January 2nd, 2009, and then he didn't play till January 8th, 2010, and he got a point in that game, and Henrik Lundqvist had a three-game point streak in 2011. He got points on January 5th, January 7th, and January 11th. Total random stat that we brought up, and it was Sheldon to the rescue. So thank you a lot for that, Sheldon, uh, sending me the the message there. Always fun to get stuff like that. Uh, where was I going with this? Okay, yeah, first of all, that was a, a message on my Twitter account. Appreciate it. The Edmonton Oilers, it is, it is six wins in a row. It's looking increasingly better to make the playoffs. I will once again reference the site I use, sportsclubstats.com. I know Stoff mentioned on the show yesterday he uses 538. The Athletic does stuff. I like this sports club stats, its probabilities, its projections, but they give you an idea of how well positioned or poorly positioned a team is. Well, the Oilers are now at 97.6 probability to make the playoffs. So that's good. So they did, uh, again, I, I love how many simulations they were. A couple of weeks ago, I was saying how it was cool. They did 5.8 billion simulations of the season. They decided that wasn't enough. Overnight, they did 6.48 billion simulations of the season. And uh, the Oilers made the playoffs in 6.33 billion of them. So that's pretty good when we're talking about billions. 97.6%. Vegas's odds are down to 34.8. Now, the Oilers do have a tough schedule. Uh, I mean, who knows? It may be 500 the rest of the way, which would still be pretty good in terms of points for the season. I mean, we're sitting here looking at the Oilers now with 10 games left. If they went 500, they would get to 99 points. So you're certainly in the playoffs with 99 points. I mean, the most points Vegas can get is 102. So even if Vegas went undefeated the rest of the way, the Oilers need 13 points, which I think is doable out of the 20 available. So a very good spot for Edmonton. Something really interesting has happened here. Obviously, the the winning is interesting, and I'm sure it's exciting for a lot of you. But something interesting here has happened with the position that has been the most criticized and has probably caused Oilers fans the most consternation this season, and maybe even going back two or three seasons. And, of course, I'm talking about goaltending. And I gave some stats the other night how even starting since January 22nd, when Dave Tippett was still the coach, they've been getting better goaltending. And then if you want to break it down since February 10th, when Jay Woodcroft took over, solid goaltending. Again, the numbers are are not in the upper echelon of the league, but, the you know, they're, they're average. And you, you look through all the games in that span, and I, I don't think you're going to find as many as earlier in the season in which you are questioning the goaltending and saying that might have been one of the biggest one or two reasons in a game that they that they lost a game when they lose. Certainly against Calgary, you lose 9-5. The, the goaltending's not great, but I, th- I think that was also a, a team-wide disaster in that game. I know Smith gave up five against St. Louis. Uh, maybe that wasn't considered a great outing for him, even though he got the victory. But since then, he goes 3-0 in California. 
Who's going to start in the playoffs? Who's going to start in the playoffs? We've been asked that since the playoffs were 60 games away. Well, now they're only 10 away. And Miko Koskinen has been pretty solid lately. And he was probably going to start Sunday in Anaheim, but he had a non-COVID illness. So Smith jumped in and Smith made the, the most of the opportunity. Here's something to consider when it comes to Mike Smith. And I know his overall numbers for the season, you look at them and say mediocre at best. But in his last seven starts, he's 6-0-1. Now that's his last seven starts. It excludes his appearance against Calgary when he replaced Koskinen. Even if you include that game, and he wound up being the goaltender of record in that game because he allowed the goal that turned out to be the game winner for the Flames. Even if you include that game, in Smith's last eight starts, he is, or eight appearances, pardon me, eight appearances, he is 6-1-1 with a 2.50 goals against average. And how about this, a 9.23 save percentage. I'm going to say that again. In his last eight appearances, and, and I think for this, because the stat is still pretty good, even though against Calgary, he allowed four goals on 26 shots. That's only an 846 save percentage in that game. In his last eight appearances, he has a 923 save percentage. Now, I know what the questions are going to be. Can, can he keep it up? Is, is, is he going to wear down when he gets into the postseason? Can they go into a postseason uh, knowing that maybe they're going to have to use both guys? What does that do for the confidence of the skaters? And they play different styles when it comes to puck handling. But I think what we're seeing now is that both goaltenders, most nights are not a liability. I, I think the majority of nights since February 10th, they've at least matched the guy at the other end or been pretty close to matching him. I, I wouldn't say that there are a lot of losses recently that are mainly on the goaltending i think a couple things have happened the goaltenders are, are playing better smith is probably feeling better than he has at any other point during the season and i think there has been an improvement in defending under jay woodcroft and specifically with defending i'm talking about odd man rushes and high danger scoring chances which were running rampant in dave Tippett's final days as the head coach the producer of inside sports dave campbell looked at some stats over the course of this six game winning streak and uh, I believe he used natural stat trick, and they have that those columns where they break down high danger scoring chances. And I know there are perhaps different ways to count grade A chances, high danger chances, however you want to call them, but we'll use this site for argument's sake. The Oilers have been out-chancing the opponents on, a on average over the six-game winning streak in terms of high danger chances, 12-10. So a little bit of an advantage. So I, I think you take that most nights. Hey, you know what? Going into this game, you're going to have two more grade A chances than your opponent. All right, you'll roll the dice and hope you cash in one of those extra ones. High danger goals, it's 8-8. Eight, eight. So there have been improvements in those areas. So let's say the goaltenders kind of are status quo the rest of the way. Does it not have to be Mike Smith on day one of the playoffs in that situation? I mean, Koskinen had outplayed him up until the last three games, and now you look at Smith's numbers as a whole, and it's like, holy crap, 923 in his last eight appearances. That's pretty good. It's now 6 nothing for the Rangers, by the way, in the top of the second. You look at that, and you say, that's pretty good. So if he's playing well, and, and I, I get the questions about Mike Smith because I have them myself, but we also know when the guy is hot, he's hot. And when he's in there and he's energized and he's bopping around and he's firing up his teammates and he's doing the pumpernickel with McDavid after the overtime goal, he creates a very unique energy. 
that a lot of other goaltenders don't create. So I think if the performance in stopping the pucks is equal, then I, I would think, at least for game one of the postseason, they would go with the intangibles of Smith in terms of the energy, and then you go with something that is very tangible, the puck handling. Now, this is if stopping the puck is equal. If Miko Koskinen is simply better at stopping the puck over the next 10 games, say each guy plays five, then I think you have to start him. If it's equal, I think Smith gets the nod because of his experience and because of his puck handling ability. Now, we still have 10 games to figure this out, but that's that's how it's leaning. And, and again, the, the goaltending numbers, if, if you look since February 10th, the Oilers are no longer a bottom third team in terms of goaltending they're not an elite team they they don't have markstrom they don't have some of the other star goalies that are going to be in the playoffs but they're kind of a middle of the pack team will that be good enough in the postseason of course one of the big questions we have to answer okay happy to hear from you of course 780-496-0063 got to call a quick timeout it's inside sports on chet Tell you the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, visiting the Colorado Eagles tonight. Just following Ryan Holt here on Twitter, who is the play by play voice for the Condors. He says, uh, Stuart Skinner starting in net, but the injury list has grown. The Condors tonight without Broberg, Marodi, Holloway, Perlini, Lavoie, and Samarukov. So a couple of uh, bigger name prospects there banged up for the Condors and not able to. Uh, play tonight we'll keep you updated on that game it's going to get going just after seven Oilers and Avalanche tomorrow night 6 30 face-off show game at eight here on 6 30 Ched so the Oilers final 10 games it's it's a tough schedule I mean it's certainly tougher than that stretch of home games where they're playing who did they have their Buffalo and uh, New Jersey and Detroit I guess in a week I think I got the order wrong um lower body injury for Holloway who is on the road trip though which is good um Colorado tomorrow Minnesota on Tuesday, Nashville on Thursday. Those are all tough teams. And then you got Vegas next Saturday, and who knows, maybe that's going to be a chance for a bit of a knockout blow against Vegas. And then you got two more home games on the 20th and 22nd against Dallas and then Colorado again. So so these games are going to be tough. I mean, we keep evaluating the team, and I, I think probably evaluating the goaltending will be a big part of the story. We got uh, Andy on the Certainty Hotline. Andy, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Reed. Um, I was listening to Brendan this afternoon. He was kind of talking a little bit the same thing, and uh, I had a couple thoughts on that. One is I'd like to see one goaltender uh, get the majority of the starts down the stretch. I think it's an advantage to have the same goalie uh, for the defenseman. I think that's been a problem for Edmonton. We're switching out goalies, and, and it, it you know sometimes it's just not having that continuity. So I'd like to see, you know, of course it would have been nice to, to have a number one goalie this year like a Markkinen or a Vasilevsky, but really I think the Oilers have to choose as it's Smith or Koskinen, give him seven of the last ten starts down the stretch and, and just let him start, and that's, the, I think, the best decision you can make. So who would you pick then? I've been thinking about that, Reed, and, and really this this year, it's it, for me, it's been Koskinen. I think last year it was Smith. But I think based on the record from what I've seen, and I know Mike Smith is playing great, 
and maybe uh, the coach gives them both a few more games here just to, to get it in his mind. But, you know, when you think about all the Oilers' success, it was always one goalie. It was never about the backup in 2006, even though we had Ty Conklin and, and, and another goalie. It was all about Roley. It was all about Grant Fuhr. It was all about Bill Ranford. Having yeah. two, three goalies, it doesn't work for me anymore, Reed. Well, I'm trying. I think the most recent team that changed goalies during a cup run was the year, the second year the Penguins won it recently. Because didn't they start with Flurry and then he got replaced by Murray? I think partway through the second round. Most teams have that definite number one, and that is something that the Oilers don't have. We're still debating it less than a month away from the postseason. Who's going to start the first game? No, I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks, Phil. Thanks a lot. 780-496-0063. That is the phone number. That's how Andy checked in. I'm happy to talk to you tonight. And uh, Lauren Rubenstein will check in on the Masters in the next half hour as well. Hope you're having a great Friday evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.